we made it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of Five, the show where we're all sad that we no longer can play Street Fighter VI. Damn it. <laughs> Man, I had a blast this weekend, even though sometimes I was very upset at the game. But it was like good salt, you know what I mean? Some good salt's good. Salt's good for you. Salt's good for you. It's got uh, minerals and nutrients, I think. Uh, tonight on the show, uh, oh, actually, before we even get to the show, sorry about that. Uh, thank you to everybody who showed up for movie night. We watched 13 Assassins, best movie ever made. It was dope. It was badass. And it was a good way to start my week. I got to tell you, I, I felt very motivated for the rest of the week after watching <laughs> after watching 13 people murder 200 or more people. It was pretty great. Pretty badass. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for joining us for that. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk about how Nyoibo, Nyoibo stole money from the FGC. It happened again. It's 2022, and this is still happening. What the fuck? Right? Uh, we're going to talk about multiverses and how I forgot to uh, capitalize any of that. And it bothers me so much that I'm actually going to fix that right now. There we go. Uh, and then we're going to go through uh, and talk about the SF5 beta experience. Bam. Uh, and there we are. Uh, and then if we get time for it, we're going to go through quick hits. Uh, full disclosure, I don't have quick hits prepared because I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot about Street Fighter Six and a lot about these other topics that precede it, including our first topic of the day, which is me forgetting to switch uh, to the correct computer. It is the ever-satisfying, the ever-stable, and the ever-comforting weekly recap. We're starting with the big house 10, the Smash Brothers Panda Cup stop event taken by Japanese zone AMSA over C9's Mango in the grand finals. Uh, IBDW, Zane, Hungrybox, Sunsei, and Jamook, along with Fiction, round out your top eight. IBDW, Zane, and Sunsei officially qualify for the Panda Cup finale. Congratulations to them. Let's move on to the next one, as soon as I figure out what buttons are which. There we go. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate also had was a Panda Cup stop event. And it was taken by Riddles from Canada, the big invader, taking it over all the Americans and the one Japanese uh, in top eight. Riddles takes it over Moist's own light uh, to win the big uh, the big house 10. Uh, Onan Tweak, Mute Ace, Dark Wizzy, Kamimi, and Shaddock all rounding out your top eight. And meanwhile, Light, Tweak, Mute Ace all qualify for the Panda Cup finale. So congratulations to everybody for your uh, new qualifications. That smash. Let's take it over to the land of the beach. Puerto Rico for first attack. First attack was a power event for the Dragon Ball Fighters World Tour. And it was taken by the legendary Pred over Lucar in the grand finals. Inzim taking the bronze. Uh, the bronze medal, the Kill Sage rounding out the top fourth. Ajax's Fidelity, Jake Ryan, Fernie's Bog 77, and Jay Gohan rounding out your top eight. Special mention to uh, in ninth place, PR Big Butt Jackson, bestie uh, is runner for bestie, best name of the week. 
uh, we'll see how many other names uh, will be on that list. So congratulations to everybody on a good showing for First Attack's Dragon Ball Fighters event. Next, DNF Duel was taken by Danny Phantom PR. Over Reiko777. Bronze Medal, Super Manilo 2.0. And last laugh rounding out the top four. Snick, Snicks, Ifrit18, Lav, and Crow Automata. All rounding out your top eight. Next, we're, we're trying to go quicker with these. Guilty Gear Strive, taken by Apology Man, straight out of the USA, over Mr. Chupi, 01. Darky taking the bronze medal on this one. Top four, rounding out the top four, sorry, is Digubis or Digubis. Uh, neutral Arch, seventh, seventh, seventh. Zyko and Jay Gohan, once again, making another showing, rounding out the rest of the top eight. And once again, uh, shout out to PR Big Butt Jackson, runner for bestie, best name of the week. Next, Street Fighter V, taken by Mr. Crimson. We're going to talk about Mr. Crimson right after the recap as well. Uh, Mr. Crimson taking it over just a kid on an excellent grand finals. If you guys have not had a chance to watch it, go watch it. It was pretty great. Even I made some time to watch it between playing uh, Street Fighter 6 matches. Hot Dog 29, my man, taking the third, the bronze medal. Puerto Rico's own, Mano, taking the big fourth. Right in front of the Dominican Republic invaders, Kaba, Mena RD, and Louis Man 20. And rounding out the rest of the top eight is Strange Halley 8. Congrats to everybody for an amazing top eight. Uh, also, special shout out Sherry Genix making the top 16. Super awesome to see her name here. Uh, looking forward to seeing more of her in the future. Next, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of shenanigans at first attack. A lot of events at first attack. There was also Super Smash Brothers Melee. It was a Smash World Tour Platinum event, and it was taken by XL Zero over Joe Chi in the Grand Finals. Ears. Taking third place. Solo, Waxo, Echo Boy, L Man, and Bisquendo all rounding out your top eight. Melee wasn't the only smash in there was to be watched at first attack Puerto Rico. There was also Smash Ultimate. It was taken by Bandit's own, Dominican Republic's own, Sonics over Lima. Kept taking the bronze medal. 8 bit man, Capitancito, uh, E King, Ling, and Tama. Rounding out your top eight for Smash Brothers Ultimate and for all of First Attack 2022. Congrats over to Mono and the crew for running an amazing event. Can't wait to see them back again next year. Next, let's take it over to Grand Blue. The Community League EU East had its qualifier this weekend, and it was taken by PETA. PETA now qualifies for the Europe Regional Finals. Congratulations to PETA taking it over Lord Venom. Dandy AFK taking the bronze trophy over Toldor, Fizu, Damito, Bleak, and Hubi 36i6, rounding out the rest of the top eight for EU East. And it wasn't only EU East this weekend, we also had Southeast Asia 2. And Oni qualifying for the Asia Regional Finals over Bacon. Valteria taking third, Mox taking fourth, Nova Network, PZ, Hangui, and Spoiled Cheese. Bestie, uh, runner, runner up for, uh, or um, running for Bestie, best name of the week, Spoiled Cheese. So congratulations to everybody on the top eight for Southeast 
Asia 2 on the Grand Blue versus Community League. Now, this past week was also the start for a couple of the big SFLs, including SFL Europe. SFL Europe started OO Nation taking the first place ranking, to, uh, winning over Wild Blast 2 1, and Reason Gaming winning over Gamers Origin 3 1. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, OO Nation up on rank one for now. Reason Gaming, Gamers Origin, Wild Blast, BMS, and Mouse all got some work to do to catch up. Next, Japan SFL has been going for a little while, but we're going to catch up with them right now. Good 8 squad all the way in the first place. This week, we had V6 plus Fave Gaming taking it over 2-1 over Saishudan Kos Kumamoto. Saishunkan Sou Kumamoto, there we go. Uh, good 8 squad wins 2-1 over the, uh, oh boy, over the Nagoya Oja Bodystar Mildom team. Uh, Shinobiism Gaming, of course, Momochi's team, taking it over Hir Hiroshima Team IXA and Kyogun, taking it 3-0 over the Commune Detonation. Uh... This place is good 8 squad all the way at the top with 190 smackaroos. Nagoya OJA Bodystar Mildom coming up in second. Shinobism Gaming in third. Kyogun rounding out the top fourth. And then V6 plus Fave Gaming and Saishunkan Sokumamoto tied four fifth or tied in fifth and sixth, tied in points. And seventh is Commune Detonation. And last but absolutely not least is Hiroshima Team IXA. So Good eight squads kind of starting to pull away with it here, but every the top four is all like within 20 points of each other, so it should be very interesting in these coming weeks. Last but not least, Street Fighter or Street Fighter League US, or we might as well just call it Street Fighter League Rest of the World. Nasser Bandits coming out on top along with Counter Logic Gaming. Counter Logic Gaming taking it 3 1 over Endemic. And the Nasser X Bandits taking it 3-1 over the, the Panda Global. Uh, as you can see, UIU and Red Rooster have yet to play, so no score for them just yet. However, Nasser X Bandits and CounterLogic Gaming taking the big win, the big wins for the first week. Enough about the past. Let's take it to the future, shall we? Whoopow! What to watch this week? Roundhouse. 2022 by Low Kick Esports is going to be happening this week. And uh, Tekken World Tour National or uh, <laughs> National Tekken World Tour North America Regional Finals prelims is also this week, along with the West Europe Regional Finals. Africa TV Tekken League Autumn Super Tournament is happening over at the Africa TV land. Dreamhack Dreamhack is happening. It's coming back. Dreamhack Rotterdam happening this weekend. Mysuma top number ten. Over on YouTube, La DC, uh, over at Reversal GG and Etoile, and the offseason at TST.live. Thanks to the Mean Scene and Blue for helping with this week's weekly recap. Boy, I'm having one of those days where words just are not coming out of, like, not going from brain to outside. Ah, okay, look, we got some heavy stuff to cover, so let's get right into it, shall we? 
Nyoibo, in this, the year of our Lord, 2022, Nyoibo has stolen from the FGC. Now, you might be asking, what the hell is a Nyoibo? If you remember earlier this year in July, July of 2022, this year, there was a big Street Fighter V Invitational in Doha, in Doha in Qatar. And it was run, uh, the English stream was run by the Qatar FGC. It took place at Virtuosity, which is the gaming theme park in Doha. And it was run by a company named Nyoibo. Let me bring up the results page so we can see some of the players that went. Shall we? Here's the results page. Of course, this was taken by Angry Birds. Mr. Crimson taking second. Oil King taking third. The rest of the crew was Big Bird, Luffy, Mono PR, White Ash, and Kami. So those were your competitors. Uh, those were your uh, top eight competitors for the Nyoibo Coliseum, it was called. Now, everything was fine and dandy until, until we received this tweet. Yesterday, I believe this was tweeted out. Apologies for this getting stretched. I wish I knew how to fix it, but I don't right now. Mr. Crimson tweeted out saying, I wish I never had to do the, those kind of tweets, but it's necessary. Just, had, just heard the info that Nyoibo organization disappeared with my prize money. It's okay. I can move on. But the message, the message to the next generation is ask for your prize money ASAP. Be careful about new organizations. Now, the picture shows him with a check for 1,500 smackaroos for taking second place. Which sucks. This absolutely sucks. This is stupid, right? It's 2022. We should not be dealing with this kind of stuff, right? And the fact that, you know, this is a company that is overseas makes this all the more difficult uh, to deal with. Along with this, uh, Kami, who was one of the people who attended, also... Uh, came forward and said that they owe him for his flight, which from Doha to the U.S., I'm, I can only assume that it's probably pretty expensive, right? So all this wouldn't be a big deal, right? Like people haven't gotten paid. You know, there's still time for them to get paid. Unfortunately, not so much. Uh, as of right now, if you go to the Nyoibo official website, this is what you're met with. That's it. Nothing else. The Nyoibo brand Twitter page and Instagram page have all disappeared. Everything has kind of disappeared. So nobody's able to get a hold of Nyoibo anymore. They've legit just been wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, in the tweets with Mr. Crimson, uh, his contact there was saying that everybody got fired and they took away everybody's like ability to go into the social media channels and all of this, which is pretty awful. Uh, now, I have to give credit here for this uh, to Sharpie. Sharpie reached out to me to talk about this specific situation, and she reached out to uh, the Qatar FGC channel. The Qatar FGC channel ran the English stream and... They uh, had a couple of things to say as soon as I find the freaking thing. You, you figured I would be a little bit more organized by now, huh? Okay. So this is, these are in Twitter DMs, and they are on the record. So we are, uh, we are okay with sharing. Or we are okay. Share. They are okay with us sharing this. 
All right. Uh, the question was asked. When did you realize that reimbursements had not been distributed to the invited players? And what was done by your organization after you realized that the invited players hadn't been uh, paid? From Qatar FGC, their response was, even before the tournament, we kept asking them to make sure they pay on time and that we needed to make sure the payments come out as soon as possible. We didn't want any player to leave empty-handed. We got confirmation that first and third players got paid, but not Mr. Crimson. We have given up on Yoibo. We have given up on Yoibo paying, and we'll be working on getting him paid as soon as we can, and we'll be making sure he gets his earned prize. So big ups to Qatar FGC for uh, kind of handling the mess that Yoibo left after you know they they kind of just hung out the FGC to dry. But yeah, uh, Yoibo just kind of up and disappeared after after their tournament. And if you don't remember, this is what the tournament looked like. Uh, there is no audio in this video, but that's okay. Uh, this is what it looked like. Now, if you notice, there's a couple of things that make me worry even further. Let's back it up just a little bit. Whoops, too far. Uh, there's a there's a Red Bull fridge back there, right? So it seems like Red Bull was involved with this in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Virtuosity, which is the esports theme park or the video game theme park in Doha, uh, not only not only was party to this, but they also used it for advertising. Right? This is uh, their advertisement. Oh, geez, there's the audio. Uh, this is the virtuosity advertisement of the event. After the event, they put together this reel, which is used for advertising purposes. So that's cool. That's pretty nice. So, you know, they put this together to kind of show off their their accomplishment. And there's one more here. Where to go? There's a post they made on, tw uh, on their Facebook page saying, hey, thanks to Nyoibo and everybody for showing up. This was great for us, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This proves that even in 2022, we're still party, or we still have to be very wary about these crazy opportunities, right? We still have to be careful about getting people paid on time, getting people paid in general. So let this be, you know, I wish there was an easier solution to this, and I'm really happy that the Qatar FGC crew is handling this the best they can and they're going to try to make it right the best they can um but yeah man it, it's really unfortunate this sucks uh the fact that Nuevo just kind of disappeared something else that they started uh that they were advertising during the tournament was this which is an arcade stick uh now this is just a 3d render of an arcade stick so who knows if this was actually a thing or not uh, but now it's not so you know, here we are. That was like one of the only things that they were also uh, advertising during the tournament. Now, they had people from Yoibo at the end of the tournament come hand people the, the big checks, hand people their trophies and all this other stuff. So it's really bizarre trying to figure out like what they were doing, why they were doing it, and then to just disappear, right? It's, it's unfortunate. It sucks. And I hope it doesn't happen again. So, and if you're from Yoibo, please, like, reach out to Mr. Crimson and Kami and make this shit right, because that's not, that's not cool. Stop it. Stop it, you dinguses. Stop it. Stop scamming people. But, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, money was stolen. 
money that was promised was not given, which is stealing, I think. Uh, at least I personally would classify it as stealing. Uh, and, you know, luckily, Mr. Crimson is not fully dependent on income from fighting games, so he'll be okay. Uh, but other there could have been another player that was solely dependent on income from fighting games that would have been very screwed uh, on not receiving that money. So, yep. <laughs> uh, fellow co-hosts, does anybody else have anything to say? Did you, did you guys watch the Noibo Coliseum? Did you guys have any uh, have any any thoughts? And again, I just want to shout out Sharpie. Sharpie was the one that brought this up and did a lot of the journalism for it. She reached out to the Qatar FGC crew, got a lot of information, uh, and like really put this together. So big ups to Sharpie. Sharpie does a podcast with Yohozi. So if you go to Sharpie Sharpie's Twitter every other week they record a podcast with Yohozi and it is a very amazing podcast you should go watch it it's been on my to watch list for a while and I finally got a little bit into it this past week it's great and I can't wait to listen to more let's get into some brighter stuff shall we because some other shenanigans is afoot whoops pressed the wrong button some other shenanigans is afoot and the shenanigans that is afoot comes in the shape of one of these. For all you Gremlin fans, it's Stripe from Gremlins. Hello? It's really weird watching Gizmo and Stripe next to each other fighting Superman and Wonder Woman. <laughs> this game is getting really wacky, multiverses. Um, yeah, and it made Sam sorry about that. I just had it turned low because of the uh, the other video we played that was really loud. Now, I got a chance to play Stripe because if you go into multiverses, you can take any character to training mode. You don't have to buy them. It's great. Um... Stripe's an assassin, which is my type of class, right? I used to, I played Harley Quinn a bunch, uh, and Harley Quinn's also an assassin type. Uh, Stripe has a ton of hilarious references, right? Much like Gizmo, uh, he has the buzz saws, skateboards, he's got the chainsaw, uh, he has the gun and boombox traps. It's, it's amazing. I love it. The way Stripe works is every time you hit somebody with a normal, right? Every time you hit somebody with an attack, uh, they get a target above their head. And when they have that target above their head, everything he does is directed at that enemy. So like buzz saws that he throws go towards that enemy. Uh, anytime he tries to leap upwards, he goes towards that enemy. And he has a gun. The gun can hit that person that's targeted anywhere on the screen. It's amazing for kill combos because if you pop someone up and they're floating at the top of the screen, if you have that target, 
you can just shoot them and they then go out of the screen. It's amazing. It's so much fun. Uh, I I can't wait to put some more time into him because he seems like he's a character that's going to do a lot of damage. Uh, and it's Stripe, so they do a lot of damage regardless. Go watch Gremlins, will you? You, you dang Gremlins. Um, that wasn't the only thing that was announced for Multiverses this week. Along with Stripe coming out, it was also announced via the Twitters that there is going to be a Multiverses Fall Showdown. What happens if you hit him with a water attack? I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> uh, but the Multiverses Fall Showdown is a an official multi like from multiverses itself it's an official multiverses event it's a seven event series with a sixty thousand dollar prize pool it's a lot of cash that's like wb money right there it's three regions it's going to consist of three regions it's going to be north america east north america west and the europe and the top eight of uh the top eight of each qualifying event the, the top eight of each qualifier event qualifies for the finals. You can go to start.gg forward slash MVS fall showdown. The first event is this weekend. It's coming up. Along with this, they also released a schedule. Let's take a gander at the schedule, shall we? It starts this weekend, October 15th and 16th for North America, East and West. It is that first event. The weekend after is going to be the European event. Then October 29th and 30th is the Scoobtober 48-hour broadcast. That's interesting. Um, and then, you know, European event number two, North America East and West number two. And then no- November 19th, they have the North America East and West finals and the European finals. So pretty exciting to see. Missed us on what to watch. That's perfectly fine. Uh, it's going to be on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube slash Multiverses. Uh, we're covering it here. It ain't no thing. Along with this, they also released the talent list. It's going to be Ajax and this mystery person who I've never heard of. I'm kidding. It's Sharpie. The purple Sharpie and Ajax are going to be the broadcast talent for the fall showdown. So congrats to Sharpie and congrats to uh, Ajax. Also congrats to Multiverses because with the two of them, it means it's going to be good times on the microphone. So... Congrats to everybody involved. I can't wait to see what comes out of it. I can't wait to see who takes the big money. Means the mean scene. Speaking of big money, with the big 22 months. Thank you so much. Anywho, so that's Multiverses. Uh, go try Stripe if you haven't already. That character is stupidly fun. Uh, and then go sign up for the Multiverses Fall Showdown. You can get yourself some money. And for the first, well, not for the first time, but... Uh, Maybe for the first time in a very high-profile event, it's a $0 barrier of entry. You can just download the game in whatever console you want. It is uh, it is cross-play. You just go with a buddy, sign up, and you have the chance to earn part of that $60,000 prize pool. It's fucking amazing, right? Zero barrier of entry. The only barrier is your skill, and you, can, and you have control over that. Go grind it out. It starts this weekend. We're going to get to the subject I really want to talk about. And it was the Street Fighter VI beta experience over the weekend. For those of you that don't know, we got a code, but we were in a little bit of a limbo because we weren't sure if we were going to get to play or not, right? Because I made the uh, mistake of switching. Like, I got accepted into one account, but I 
redeem the code on another account. So it was a little bit of a bad news bear situation. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Uh, but sure enough, and, and you know, it was one of those things where like on Thursday we had the show. A couple hours later was going to be the start of the, the beta. And I just was so upset that I just went to bed. Right. Like I even forgot to like upload some stuff to YouTube. <laughs> I just went straight to bed. I woke up the next morning. I was like dreading it, right? Because I didn't want to find out that I didn't have access to the beta. I was all but defeated. Uh, and then I sat down and I opened the game and it was starting to load up. And then it said, we're down for maintenance. <laughs> so I had to wait another hour for the maintenance to end to find out whether I got into the beta or not. Uh, and after about an hour of waiting, I signed up again. I saw that they tweeted out that the maintenance was over. I turned the game on. And we were in. We did it. We got to play the game. It was amazing. We got into the character creation. And then we got to play all weekend. It was great. It was so much fun. Oh, I was so worried that we weren't going to get to play it, and we got to play it, and it was so much fun. It was crazy uh, getting my hands on the game all weekend long. It was it was wild. It was wild. Die by Sword was there. Die by Sword and I played some games. Uh, it was crazy, right? So for the first time in a long time, I feel like fighting games are finally catching up with modern game types, right? We had access to the Battle Hub, which was this huge area, right, with a bunch of cabs, uh, some shops, some stuff to do. Uh, we stopped by the DJ booth. We stopped by the photo booth. We stopped by the, the extreme mode. We stopped by the game center. We played a little bit of Magic Sword, which was badass. Uh, we bought some cool clothing. Hilariously enough, my favorite part of the beta was just going to say hi to people I knew. It felt like a major. The maintenance troll, right? We got to relive a little bit of Street Fighter V beta. For those of you that were, were around the Street Fighter V beta, uh, we got stuck on the press any button screen. We also got stuck on the press any button screen on the first day while they were doing maintenance to fix up a bunch of stuff. Uh, but my favorite part, legit, was just going around to people I knew and waving hi. Because it felt like a major, right? Or it felt like a tournament. You could just go see someone you know walking around. You could go say hi. And then you can go about your way, right? That felt like that to me felt really special, uh, especially after, you know, the entire pandemic where we've all lost touch uh, with each other for so long. So that to me was something that was oddly special that I wasn't expecting to be special, if that makes sense. Um, I even managed to capture some of these moments. Um, for those of you that missed it, on the first day, we got to play, uh, we got to sit down and play a couple sets with Jabaley. Jabaley from CEO Gaming uh, sat down and we played a long set. Uh, and then I waved hi and we parted ways. And this was his reaction to our character. For those of you that don't know, we had the best character in the beta, uh, undoubtedly. And this was Jabaley's reaction to our, uh, to our character. Master Shogun, what the hell is that thing? Holy shit, bro. Anyway, that was Bailey's reaction to our character. You know, that, that to me was fun. Just like going around waving hi to people and then getting to see the reaction from the other side of the screen. Uh, somebody else we got to visit, and this was not... This was, this was unfortunately not on stream because I was taking a break, right? Uh, I had decided to take a break, so I ran into 
Mustard from the uh, from the EU. I saw that he was streaming. I saw what uh, what lobby he was in. So I went to go say hi. He was in the middle of a match. I was about to go take a break. So I just set my character down and then left. And this is what happened when he came to. Oh my fucking god! What have you done? Have you been over there the whole? Have you been over my shoulder this whole time? What have you done, sir? All right, Ryan, sit back down. Ryan, sit back down. Wait for it. All right, it's Ryan. Good. <laughs> that is certainly a god damn. What is going on with your back? Get to a chiropractor. I no. <laughs> so that was Mustard's reaction to our amazing character. Uh, and of course, Mustard and myself have run into each other a couple times in Grapital City, too. So again, like seeing names and kind of putting, quote unquote, putting faces to names, not necessarily, uh, was super fun. Uh, last but not least, we uh, right towards the end of the beta, we stopped by to say hi to James Chen. And this was his reaction. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. What is that monstrosity? Uh, which, which person is that? Is that, is that Elon or is that Steve? <laughs> now that let me know, uh, that let me know that James doesn't watch our show cause he doesn't know <laughs> Steve retired. <laughs> uh, but man, that was super fun. And watching like everybody's reaction, <laughs> that is quite a face to put to your name. Look. For those of you that were there, you know, it's peak human evolution. It's peak human evolution. Um, and if you missed it, it was the face that we had on our thumbnail. Uh, this was our person. This was like the first time we actually got to see him in motion. And it was hilarious. Uh, and then by the time we got to James, I had put goggles on him. I had dressed him up real nice. Uh, it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh now, some th overall thoughts on the beta. Not talking about gameplay. Talking about the battle hub itself. My favorite part, right? Like I said, like walking around, seeing people, interacting with people, just doing stuff. Unbelievable. Super fun. Super funny. Uh, you know, you could like do the special moves. Like people were like spinning bird kicking off of the rafters and trying to land on arcade cabs. Uh, you know, like, people were just sitting around, like, waving hi to people. Uh, it, it was so fun. It was so fun. And every time you saw a top player, you just saw, like, a crowd of people, like, moving along with them. <laughs> it's, it was like a real tournament. It's crazy. Every time you saw a top player at a cab, there was always people crowded around that cab. It, it genuinely felt like a tournament. It really did. It was very interesting. Uh, Gameplay-wise, Street Fighter Six is extremely interesting, right? If you... You, you could now. I'm not gonna put gameplay up, right? Because there's enough gameplay. If you go to our YouTube, you can see some of our sets and my struggle with Street Fighter Six. Uh, but Street Fighter Six is extremely interesting because there are aspects of every Street Fighter game built into it, and they're very obvious, right? Um, something that I did find extremely interesting was, unlike Street Fighter Five, a lot of the buttons in this game are very negative. 
And by very negative, I mean like jabs are generally like negative one, negative two. Medium punches generally are negative one, negative two. Right? Which is a complete opposite from Street Fighter V where jabs are plus three. Uh, medium punches, like most medium punches are like plus four, five. Right? On block, I mean. So like if everything on block is super negative, then... Like how like how does Street Fighter Six work? That's the thing. You know what this reminds me of? Straight up, the neutral in Street Fighter Five because of the way these buttons are designed reminds me a lot of Tekken. And here's why: in Tekken, there are a lot of situations that are either minus two or plus two, but still are completely neutral because of the options that each player has available. Right? So. If somebody does a jab string, like say like a jab jab, they're plus two. However, the person that's blocking the jab string and then is minus two can do a host of things, right? Like they can sidestep, they can duck, they can backdash, they can do a power crush move, right? It's They have a lot of options that kind of make it seem like minus two situations aren't that big of a deal. Street Fighter Six reminds me of that. Because anytime you're like minus one or plus one, you have so many options at your disposal, right? You have uh, buttons. Like, for example, I didn't figure this out until day like two, right? So I was doing like regular Street Fighter Five block string where it's like standing medium punch, crouching medium punch uh, in a fireball. But standing medium punch is minus one. Crouching medium punch is zero for Ryu, right? I was playing Ryu most of the weekend. So... Those weren't real, so I started getting jabbed out of them, and I was beside myself, right? Uh, especially because medium punches, reused medium punches were six frames of startup, jabs were generally four, right? So I was getting jabbed out of a lot of things, not understanding why, and it wasn't until after I went to training mode, used the training mode features like that, um, the frame bar, which shows... Uh, the frame data of everything, and it shows it so detailed, like they have a timeline where it says, here are your startup frames, here are your active frames, here are your recovery frames. It's amazing. It, like, it has everything. The training mode really like is designed to help people, and it feels like that hasn't always been the case. The fact that they have a simple training mode where you're like, I want to practice jump-ins, and then they automatically set it up for you, or I want to practice confirms. I want to practice DIs, right, or drive impacts, or parrying, et cetera, et cetera. You just click a button, and they set up the dummy for you, and you just are off on your way practicing. It's great. Um, but yeah, the fact that you have those minus one, plus one situations, and you still have so many tools like a parry, a drive impact, you have your own moves, you have invincible moves, right, you can... Uh, do uh, EX moves that have invincibility, or you can backdash, you can do all this other kind of stuff. It's great. The game, I, I Automatic said this on his stream, and I wholeheartedly agreed. I spent the entire weekend playing Ryu, right? And it feels like I only scratched the surface of what that character can do by the end. That is not how Street Fighter V felt at all. After like three weeks with Karen, it was like, all right, I figured this character out. <laughs> now it's just about applying it into matches. With Ryu, there's so much stuff that is... Uh, like with Not just with Ryu, but with every character, there is so much uh, in each character and like how they work 
because the game is so complex, right? Because you have you have normals, you have command normals. I completely forgot Ryu had a Ryu has a back fierce that I completely didn't know about until like the last day of the tournament or the last day of the beta. Uh, the drive rush is the meat and potatoes of the game. That the the drive rush system, the the FADCs, if you will. That is going to be the big nitty-gritty of the game. Why? Drive Rush gives you a plus four to every attack when you do a Drive Rush. Right? Every Drive Rush you do, you get a plus four. So if I'm going up and I'm jabbing someone, if I do it normally, it's minus one. If I go up and I jab someone and they block, it's plus three. On hit... I think a jab is, I don't remember what a jab is on hit, but let's say, just for the sake of the example here, a jab is plus three on hit. If you do a jab in drive rush, it's going to be plus seven. And that also works with, uh, with any other button. So for example, on block, crouching medium punch for Ryu is zero. On drive rush, it's plus four. So all of a sudden you have pressure options, right? The big thing that I've noticed is this. Street Fighter V, the way I played Street Fighter V, I played Karen. The whole game plan was hit a crouching medium kick. When you hit a crouching medium kick, confirm it into your full combo, right? Not every character works that way in Street Fighter V. So a lot of other characters... While, so, while some characters do still have that kind of game plan, a lot of other characters kind of have to be a little bit more creative, and they feel worse off for it. So with this drive rush system, everybody has a crouching medium kick confirm, right? Something I've been seeing so much is crouching medium kick confirms drive rush into a full combo. Granted, the big danger is that drive meter is so difficult to manage because we're unfamiliar with it, right? You get six pips of drive meter. And if you use it up too much, then you go into burnout. Burnout is extremely scary in this game because of a couple of things. Does Guile? Guile, I've been hit with Guile crouching medium kick in the shit, right? Crouching medium kick. Or like any other normal, maybe like crouching, me, uh, crouching light kick maybe works. Uh, I I don't have the game to try it out, and I'm sad about it. Uh, but that's been the big thing: is confirms into drive rush. They're expensive. the The drive meter works this way: you have six pips, and, and we've all known this for a while, but it's the first time we actually like really got to have our hands on it. You have six pips, and every just about every action you do goes off of the drive meter, right? Your parries, your drive impacts, your drive reversals, your EX meters are all from there. And on, to top it all off, uh, the drive meter, You when you have drive meter, any chip you would take to health or to gray damage or anything goes to the drive meter, right? Nothing else. Your drive meter takes all of the chip damage when you have drive meter available. It doesn't go to your health. It doesn't go anywhere else. So when you don't have drive meter, you don't have access to any of that. You can't parry. You can't uh, do EX moves. You can't drive impact. You can't drive reversal. And you take chip from specials. 
So it's extremely, extremely scary. Specials and supers, I should, I, I should note. So it's extremely, extremely scary. On top of all that, you deal less damage, you take more damage, and your frame data, I think, has a minus two to everything. I think that's what it is. I could be completely wrong about it. But it do, I do believe that your opponent gets like a plus two or plus three to everything when you're in burnout mode. So you're really screwed <laughs> when you're getting to burnout mode. So while those uh, confirms into Drive Rush are kind of what was dominating stuff in the beta, we have to remember that stuff is half of the drive meter. It takes three bars to Drive Rush off of a normal. It's terrifying to do, right? The, mostly mostly the, the times I would do it was just when I confirmed something. Uh, like when I would confirm either uh, a punish on a drive impact or something else. Uh, that was the only time I would feel comfortable using it. Or when I was going into normal, uh, in neutral. Something that I found out that I was using a lot during the beta with the drive rush is in neutral. You can also drive rush out of a parry. Drive rushing out of a parry is one bar. So you parry, drive rush, kind of like an FADC. With Ryu, you can then do an overhead, and because of the frame advantage, you can then do a crouching medium punch or a jab, or not a crouching medium punch, a jab, and you can combo. So I was doing walk, 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 drive rush, overhead, jab, into a special move, into a Tatsu. The fact that you can combo off of overheads because of drive rush was amazing. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So there's a lot to this game, and the fact that there are so many variables means that everybody's going to experience things differently, which I cannot wait, right? Like, I saw how a couple other people, like, we played, excuse me, we played Jabali, we played Automatic, uh, we played a couple friends of mine, we played a bunch of people, and everybody kind of has their own take on it. It's really cool. It's really cool. I can't wait to see uh, how this game develops over time. Something that's been a hot topic of conversation, however, is the drive impact. The drive impact, for those of you that don't know, is the big focus attack move, right? You get three hits of armor, and then if you hit your opponent, if they, if they, uh, if you armored through something and you get a counter hit, they crumple. So you essentially get a full combo afterwards. If they block, they get thrown halfway across the screen. The big, the big thing with the drive impact button is when you're up against the wall, if you block a drive impact, you get wall splat, and then you eat an entire combo. If you get wall splat while you're in burnout, that's the stun. And then you eat a whole mess of shit while taking extra damage. So it's scary. And that was like the single thing that was the hardest to deal with in the beta. Everybody's complaining about it. People are saying, take that shit out the game. Nobody likes it. Blah, 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 blah. I think my personal take on this is it's fine. It's okay. Why? We don't know how to deal with it yet. We haven't had sufficient time to deal with it yet. So I don't think it needs to change, especially because you do have a lot of options. 
out of it, right? Uh, level one supers are armor breaking. So any anytime you see a drive impact, you can cancel into a level one super. I didn't do that at all in the beta, and I regret it. Uh, level threes also. Level threes are armor breaking. Uh, you can parry. If you get a perfect parry, you get a full punish. If you don't get a perfect parry, it just goes back to zero, zero. You can drive impact back. If you see the drive impact, you can then hit your drive impact, and you're going to absorb the armor, and you're going to counter them, and then they're eating a full punish. Only if you're fast enough. We'll get to that, die by sword. We'll get to that. The big issue with the drive impact is this. When you, when, you hit, when you hit it with a special move, unless the special move does three hits of anything, you're screwed, right? So, for example, Ryu Fireball. If they absorb a Fireball, you're kind of screwed. Unless it's an EX Fireball, then you can recover fast enough sometimes. Uh, Jamie's Rekkas. If you absorb the first hit of a Rekka with a Drive Impact, Jamie's screwed. Jamie's going to get hit. What does this mean? The ones and twos, the one and twos, the bread and butter of Street Fighter for the past couple of years, not safe anymore, right? That means we have to be so mindful with what we're doing. We can't just do mindless crouching medium kick into confirm or crouching medium kick into buffer, not confirm, crouching medium kick into buffer, right? Um, so that's something that we have to be very wary of. The issue that I think was happening was this. I don't think we have the muscle memory yet to see the armor hit to then hit the two buttons, right? If you're playing on a stick or if you're playing on a pad, the buttons for a drive impact are roundhouse and fierce, heavy punch and heavy kick. It's both of those buttons together. There are times where I felt like I hit the buttons and it should have been in time and it wasn't. Was that my fault? Was that my own familiarity with the game? Brian F. brought up this point, and I had this in the back of my mind. Brian F. brought up this point that the cancel window for a drive impact was very tight. So if a drive impact came and it absorbed your, let's say, a crouching medium kick, if it absorbed the crouching medium kick, like a late, if it absorbed the back half of a crouching medium kick, it's too late for you to cancel it and you're going to eat it, right? I think... For me personally, if I was making this game, which I am not, and I don't know if this is a good idea or not, I would love to try it. I would change two things about the drive impact. If it was up to me, right? At the same time, I also kind of hope they don't change too much. But two things I would change about the drive impact is one, give it a longer cancel window, right? So for example, if the armor absorb happens on the back half of a medium kick, you can still cancel into a drive impact and you don't miss it and you're just kind of screwed, right? That I think would give people a little bit more leeway to cancel into it. The other thing I would change is the scaling. Drive impacts are happening enough to a point that I think it warrants them having a little bit more scaling. And I think I brought this up on our final stream on the final day. Perfect parries have a ton of scaling. It almost feels like a perfect parry is not worth doing. Or like the only acceptable punish to a perfect parry is just getting a hard knockdown with a sweep or something like that, right? Because with a perfect parry, you get instantly like 50% damage scaling just by getting a perfect parry, 
Whereas with a drive impact, I don't know what the number is, but it's definitely not 50%. You get a lot of damage out of a drive impact. So with that, I wish those two were changed. I wish the drive impact had a large scaling and the perfect parry had less scaling. Why? Drive impacts are much easier to land. Perfect parries, you have a three-frame window, right? It feels like perfect parries are going to be a lot more rare and a lot harder to achieve. Whereas a drive impact, it's just a button press. And then it's a gamble. Uh, Big for Lil says, my biggest concern is all the slowdown. You don't like that trend in the FGs? I think it's done tastefully enough in Street Fighter VI, to be honest, right? And the reason I say that is this. With fighting games, for the untrained eye, like look at it from somebody who hasn't, who doesn't necessarily know what's going on, right? When you say something like, oh, he got counter hit, they have no idea what that means, Right? They don't know that that's a big uh, that that's a big deal. When the game slows down, or when you have an animation like, for example, a drive parry, if you absorb the armor and hit your opponent with a drive parry, you get that giant splash of color. Your opponent crumples down, and you start doing a big combo. That's a huge way of telling the audience that's like, "Hey, this is a big deal. Pay attention, jerks!" Right? Same thing with a drive parry. When you or yeah, when you perfect parry something, the game slows down, right? You get a big splash of purple and blue, and then whoever perfect parried then gets a full punish. That again tells the viewer, "Hey, this is important," right? And the funnier thing, and I don't know if I like this or not, but the funnier thing is the characters talk shit in between. <laughs> like I think. Uh, I was going to try to remember what Ryu said, but I can't remember what Ryu said when he perfect parried stuff. Uh, I think it's done tastefully enough that it's not hindering the experience. Because I think those are the only two situations that that happens, right? It's the drive impact and then the perfect parry. I think those are the only two situations. They don't have like the Tekken slowdown where like the last hit causes a slowdown or anything like that. But yeah, I... You know, it's it's kind of incredible that in the beta for Street Fighter VI, it felt like the game had more substance than the full release of Street Fighter V. It was very difficult. Like, it, it felt very difficult for me to remember that both of those games were both released by the same company. Right. Granted, a lot of Street Fighter V was outsourced to a company called Dimps. And it feels like this Street Fighter is being handled fully internally by Capcom. The game felt great. You know what's really funny? There's something that some people have caught on to this, but not a lot of people have. The... The one discussion that we're not having that I thought was going to be a big discussion point, but the fact that it's not is a very big deal in a good way, is nobody's talking about the netcode. Right? It felt like the netcode was very consistent. 
And I say consistent because we don't know what the game feels offline yet. We haven't had that opportunity. We haven't had the opportunity to really feel this game out offline. So the games we were playing online, whether the netcode is good or bad, we don't know, right? Whether there's a lot of delay, we don't know. However, it was consistent, right? I played automatic. Automatic is in North Carolina. He's far away as hell. The game felt great. I felt like I was reacting to a lot of things. He was reacting to a lot of things, and it felt consistent. Same thing with Jabaley. Jabaley's in Orlando. I'm in Texas. That's far away as hell. We had a great set, right? Even people, even like the, the worst connections, I think the worst connection we had was with a player called Dark Alley something, Dark Alley Arcade. And that was the one where it was like three frames of delay, like seven frames of rollback, like 300 ping. It was rough. But I still was able to do a first to five, or not a first to five, a best of five uh, with Dark Alley Arcade. It was funny. It was fun. But yeah, the fact that people haven't talked about netcode, I think, is a very, very good indication that the consistency is there. Again, whether the netcode is actually good or not, we haven't had enough time to learn the game offline to know. Yeah, and there were only like one or two issues here and there of lag spikes, but I think it was just because the person I was playing had Wi-Fi. Yeah, because anytime I, when I played Jabali, everything was super smooth. When I played Automatic, everything was super smooth. I played a friend of mine who lives a couple miles up the street. Our ping was like 20, and the match felt amazing, right? Even the issues that the beta itself had, they fixed, right? For those of you that were with me when we were streaming the beta, day one of the beta, there were a lot of communication errors, right? We tried to play a tournament. The tournament didn't work properly. Uh, every time we would come back to the battle hub, we would get a communication error. Sometimes we would get kicked out. Sometimes we wouldn't. By the end, all of that was gone, and everything was very smooth. I didn't try entering a tournament again. Maybe I should have. But... The issues that they were having within the beta, they were able to fix over the weekend. That's amazing, right? All in all, how was the beta experience? I think it can all be summed up with what I said a little bit earlier. The fact that the beta had more substance to it than a full release of Street Fighter V bodes very well for this game moving forward. And the fact that I was able to get enjoyment both in the match and I got even more enjoyment outside of the match in the Battle Hub world, like going to say hi to Jabali, to James Chen. Uh, you know, we tried to say hi to a couple of other people. Some of them were really into the game, so, you know, we couldn't say hi or whatever. But I think that's super important, right? Because it, it finally gives the game a sense of community that it hasn't had before. Even though it's very artificial, it really does give the like uh, give it a sense of community because you're going to be seeing names repeatedly, right? And it's the same thing when you travel to tournaments. When you travel to tournaments or when you're in other lobby systems, you start seeing the same names over and over again. And then you start interacting with those names. Uh, and then just by proxy, you start you know getting more familiar with everybody. So 
the fact that they pulled this off and the fact that it works well and the fact that you can be so expressive with it, the character creation is, like I said on the first day, I usually don't give a shit about character creation, right? When you, when you give me a game with character creation, I'm usually the one that just skips right over it because I don't care. But after like purposefully making an abomination, a monstrosity, if you will, as James Chen put it, after making that character and that character being my character and seeing the reactions of other people and people being able to recognize me as that character, that's something special. And I can't wait for the full game to come out. It sucks that we can't play the game anymore. I've, I've been thinking about it all week, to be honest. So much so that, you know, I even brought this on. I even brought this on for this week because it's been in the back of my mind, right? Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is the this is the song that would play when you're in the battle hub. I do hope that they have other songs because after a couple months of the game, maybe this is going to start getting old. Uh, the battle hub experience is probably what Arc System has wanted to nail. Yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like they've gotten close sometimes, you know? But the fact that it felt like everything, for the most part, worked in this beta bodes very well. I remember really liking the Guilty Gear Exert lobbies. Right, because you, in a way, you got to, like, go do stuff. The Strive lobbies, I don't like as much, just because it feels very restrictive. Uh, but yeah, like, the fact that you can express yourself you can go do stuff in the lobbies right like getting to play magic sword when i got tired of street fighter 6 was super fun uh die by sword and i played a little bit of the extreme battles the extreme battles were so fun i i feel like i was giggling like a little schoolgirl the entire time die by sword and i were playing uh extreme battle right like the fact that we were you know just like, trying to fight it out and then like dodging a bull or like we were trying to play like bomb volleyball or whatever. Those damn bombs. <laughs> uh, and they had some other modes, right? Like they rotated a couple of modes. They had one where like you get four, you have to do four things before your opponent. And it's like, you need to land two throws. You need to uh, not take damage for seven seconds. You need to do th two drive impacts and you need to uh, knock down your opponent three times. And it was different for each character. So each character had their own goal. Uh, and then you just had to fulfill it before your opponent does. Stuff like that makes the game feel more like a game and less like work, right? Because at the end of the day, like we, at the end of the game, games can feel like work. Even if, you know, we're having fun-ish kind of. It just feels like we have to keep playing to get better, blah, 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 blah. But this, like, it feels like it's much more of an experience than... I don't think it's even going to be a casual, just a casual thing. I don't think it's going to be just a casual thing. Could you imagine extreme mode tournaments? I would sign up in a heartbeat. You kidding me? Give me some extreme mode tournaments, man. I absolutely hope this is in uh, Combo Breaker. 
Yeah, it's like, uh, I remember a lot of tournaments started doing the 0-2 tournaments. I, speci I think this was specifically at so uh, SoCal Regionals. They did an 0-2 tournament. So everybody that went 0-2 had, had the chance to enter another tournament. You know, instead of like the regular team tournaments that can seem a little bit monotonous, why not have an extreme battle tournament? The one thing I wish they had, which they didn't, and I hope that changes, but I won't be too upset if it doesn't, is I wish you could play the classic games with other people, right? They had Magic Sword. It would have been awesome if I could play it with someone else. At one point, they put up ST, right? If you could play ST with somebody, that would be funny as hell, or that would be fun as hell, right? Um, I think they had Hyper Fighting the first day, right? Like, if you could go play Hyper Fighting with your friends in the game, that would be really cool. But again, the fact that they just have it and it's a score attack thing with leaderboards, it feels like an arcade. It genuinely does feel like going to an arcade. It's pretty crazy. It's really crazy. And I miss it. I miss it dearly, man. I, I've been thinking about it ever since, dude. That game was fun. It finally feels like we have a game that's not just a fighting game. It's a full experience, right? Like you get to go do stuff. And it's not just, you know... It's not just like, you gotta win, you have to be good. It's not just that anymore. It's like, you know, it's a thing. It's its own thing. I don't know what else, how else to put it. I, I'm really happy about it. The one thing that makes me really sad is the fact that we can't play it right now. I hope they do an open beta sooner rather than later. You know? But yeah. I think, uh, am I, is that enough gushing about Street Fighter 6? It's almost 9.20. Um, yeah, let's stop gushing about Street Fighter 6. It's not enough gushing about Street Fighter 6? All right. Uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, yeah, we talked about character creation. The fact that you can, and the fact that you can, like, really express yourself as a character, right? Like, the fact that I made a monstrosity and everybody saw me as that, I thought was hilarious. And the fact that something that really made me come to that realization was when I met Jabali in the game. And he was laughing. He was laughing about how my character's arms clip through his legs. And that was why I made it, because it was funny. I found specifically that funny. So the fact that he found that funny as well... It was great. Um, I was supposed to do a block grab with all of the um, with everybody else's ab abominations, but maybe we can save that for next week, just so we can have an excuse to talk about Street Fighter Six, right? Yeah, because uh, I have a bunch. Uh, Olsen was able to help me gather a bunch of uh, a bunch of the wacky stuff. I'm still pissed that uh, Event Hubs put ours in first. For their, uh, for their uh, article about people making uh, like scary or cursed avatars, but they said it was an homage to Hakan, and I'm like, man, what the what? Anywho, it's 9:20. Before we go, let's hit on quick hit stuff because we have. Two things I want to talk about specifically. Well, 
one thing I want to talk about specifically, to be completely honest, and it is right now. It started right before the show. Strive is now in the crossplay beta. So you can load up Strive and go play crossplay with your friends in the beta. Go do it right now. And then the week after, immediately after the Strive beta, is going to be the Xr2 rollback beta on Steam. So if you haven't already, get yourself the beta for Strive and for Exard Rev2 and get ready to play with your friends on the other systems and with your friends in good netcode. You feel me? Get to it. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna try to play a little bit of Strive this weekend to try out the uh, the crossplay beta for realsies. So I'll see you on there. Maybe I'll try to stream it. Who knows? My my partner is out of town tomorrow and Saturday. So maybe maybe it'll I'll fire up the stream. I caught myself with like not knowing what to do during the day today. So maybe we'll stream a little bit tomorrow that beta. Um, cause Strive is the one game I'm doing well in, in tournaments for some reason. I don't know why I made it out of combo breaker and evil pools. I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, and I haven't played it in a while. So, but yeah, I think, uh, that's all I had to say today. We talked a lot about street fighter six. We talked about Mr. Crimson getting money stolen. And how people who aren't the company who stole from him are trying to make it right. So thank you to the Qatar FGC for doing the good stuff. We talked about multiverses. And we talked about Strive. Anybody else got anything? My fellow co-hosts? Anybody else got anything? Movie Night was awesome. Dude, I'm so happy you stopped by, man. Um, 13 Assassins is legit like one of my favorite movies ever. So I'm happy we got to see it. I'm still figuring out what movie we're going to watch next week. If you guys have suggestions hit me up on discord hit me up on discord i'd love to get your suggestions so anyway here's the raid let's go say hi to tubbleware and the big grapple thanks everybody for joining this has been another episode of best of five if you're here on twitch check us out on the youtube uh we have been posting things a little bit differently on our youtube and i hope you guys are liking it let me know SoundCloud, SoundCloud, I forgot to upload the past two weeks. I've changed the workflow, so we're for sure getting SoundCloud uploads again. I apologize for all of you SoundCloud listeners. I'm so sorry. My bad. We're back. Sorry about that. Uh, for everybody else, please go to bestofvshow.com. Follow all of our socials. We're trying to get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers so we can start monetizing. Uh, our Twitter is almost at 2,000 followers. We're almost at 50 subscribers here on Twitch. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. We're getting close. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. Siriogami, thank you for being here. I love you, too. Thank you so much. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out, will you? Bye.